Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. I'm your host Jono and we are back with the full squad for our halfway mark of the season. Very excited, can't believe we're already five rounds done, only five to go. Uh, excited to have the full team back, Liam and I coming off a, a little bit of an illness here, uh, ready to talk about our teams despite any hesitations that some of us may have to do so. Uh, but we're going to start with our highest ranked coach here which is Mel uh, last week he came in starting the round in what 39th spot how have you gone this round yeah so i've fallen it was 31st actually fallen from 31st, 31st to <laughs> 73rd and you and i've done a little switcheroo there but uh 28 spots behind you so watch out yeah so i got a, actually a pretty decent score it feels small in comparison to everyone else's because we've had some huge ones again this week but i got 1211 uh, round rank of 596. Oh, just goes to show you, uh, 1200s is ranked in the 600s. Overall rank of 73rd. So I'm maintaining my top 100 spot for yet another week. <laughs> Have a bit of a spoiler alert there for uh, for Jono's uh, result. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, Jono. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're all good. You're all good. The standard is actually so high this season. I can't believe that a score over 1200 is you know, outside the top 500 for the round. I think last season, if you scored in the 1200s, that that was essentially the score that would get us into the top 100. So mm. very, very impressive scoring. Uh, Will, how about yourself? How have you gone this round? Yeah, disappointing round. I really uh, struggled as a result of not having either of the two big Adelaide midfielders who we'll talk a bit about later. But uh, I scored 1,126 for a round rank of 1,357, which pushes me back outside the top 500 to 564. So all my slow incremental creeping up on the top 100, uh, all that work has been undone in one round. So great stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to hearing about your neg- negative threes this week because um, I think it's a pretty easy choice for you. Absolutely. The only thing that's uh, got me over the line this week in terms of being happy is uh it's been a very very good week to be a cat supporter and i'll leave it at that <laughs> and, and 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 will uh, the cats are they one of the six or seven teams that you support notionally uh they're they're right at the top of the pile Liam. but yeah mm, I, that's I, a suspiciously <laughs> big pile I just love the game, Liam. You know me. <laughs> but this week was all about Geelong. Big win for the women's team. And then, of course, the premiership in the men's, which I was very happy to be at. So this week I'm right on the uh, the Cats bandwagon. Yeah, absolutely. Liam, how about yourself? How have you gone this week? And yet again, for the umpteenth week running bad. Very, very bad. Next question. Uh, next question. Move no, it on. Just <laughs> horrific. Uh, so... I had one of the Adelaide midfielders. She didn't get to see. Uh, I had a score of 1,101, a round rank of 1,600. Don't need specifics there. And I've dropped back another 250-odd places to uh, 784. So just for those of you who are playing along at home, that means I have dropped rank every single week after round one. Ouch. And after such a promising start too. Like, I really think uh, I'd put in place some, you know, good parameters at the beginning of the season, and it has just been the epitome of crap since then. It's basically the opposite of what happened for you last year, Liam, where everything went right to get you that really great run home. And this this year, the start of this year just hasn't quite returned to that level, has it? Like, last year, it was picking up Kathy Spark before she had the most tackles of any player in one game for the season. That was that was my true pinnacle of the season, and every single trade has been the exact opposite of that. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a rough minus three section for you. We might give you two or three <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Jono, your, your support is effervescent. <laughs> Thank you. He's just like, well, bad luck, Liam. Ah, oh, yeah, he tries <laughs> his best. Tough, tough shit, Liam. Well done. <laughs> Look, going, going from that, we might jump into the free kickers team, which has scored the lowest of all of our teams by a fair margin, uh, 1,028 uh, for a round rank of 2,133 uh, and an overall rank of 1,666. 
Uh, and I think a lot of that comes down to a very rough captain score from Tilly Lucas Rod. So not not the greatest effort there. Uh, but on the plus side, Tara Bohanna, who has been the bane of the existence of that team for, what, four rounds to start the season, <laughs> has come out with a 98. So happy days. Uh, I, I'm, I must have had a premonition because I just... Because we didn't have many other options, I was like, you know what? I'll just chuck her back on the field because, you know, she's one of our girls. Really great player, regardless of her fantasy scoring. And it, it paid off this week by some miracle. So I'll take that. I love how you're saying that they were last by a large margin. They they weren't that far behind me. Like, less than 80 points behind me. But what what's really interesting is that my round rank was 1,612. And the round rank of the free kickers is two thousand one hundred, which says that there's still a lot of coaches within that kind of eighty point bracket. Mm, absolutely, and a lot below it because there's about three thousand and seventy active accounts that actually seem to be playing. Yeah, love it. Mm. Still doing okay when you consider that. What about you, Jono? Well, I've saved the best for last here, is, is how I'll say it. I've had a very, very good round. Uh, it's, it's been a 1,322, so round rank of 27 and bumping me from outside the top 100 straight up to 65th, which I'm very, very happy about. And if we can jump straight from there into our plus or minus threes, I absolutely have one person to thank for that. And that is Ebony Marinoff, who was put up a mm. 200, well, 148. Uh, doubling to 296, which is just epic. Absolutely epic. That, that's basically the difference between your team and mine, that one score, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's, it's almost the difference between my team and the free kickers, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's, I think it's only about 40 points off, so carrying me, carrying me so hard there. But on the other end of things, I didn't have too many minus threes to pull from, but I think Ellie McKenzie with a 44 was a bit disappointing. I think she made her break even, but a 44 is not what I was hoping for. How about yourself, Will? Just quickly on Ellie McKenzie. Mel and I were at this game watching it, tracking every single stat that she got in that last quarter because she had a break even of 40. And the last disposal of the game was her getting a mark and then a kick to go from 38 up to 44. And Mel and I cheered that like... They like oh, nothing Christ. else. It, it was like Richmond fans. It's literally in the last like five <laughs> seconds of the game, and we're like, yes. Uh, oh, so good. So yeah, for me, my plus three was uh, Hannah Priest. Justified the trade in has been a really good decision for me in my backline. So very happy with that one. Uh, my minus three goes to Ash Riddell. Yeah, fifty nine from your captain in a in a week where other captaincy choices have nearly scored you three hundred just isn't going to cut it. So. She's been a bit of a disappointment for me this uh, season, Riddell. I was tossing up between her and Hatchard pre-season. Decided to go a bit different with Riddell, and it has most definitely cost me. So, unfortunately, Ash is getting the minus three for me this week. And if she doesn't get a big score against Sydney this week, she might even be getting the chop. Ooh, putting putting some stakes on the line here. I love it. Uh, Mel, how about yourself? What's your plus threes and minus threes this week? Yeah, so I went plus three to Britain, uh, who's one of the rookies I brought in last week to get some extra cash down on my bench, taking out Paige Shepherd, who scored 16, and putting in Britain, who was a bit of a risk given she hasn't played. I think this was her second game. Um, and I was the only person in the top 100 to bring her in, I could see on the stats, but very excited that she paid off for me and made me 4000 bucks or so. And negative three goes to Swanson because I... Much likely, keep having these things where I trade in a player only for them to keep losing me money. Because I had traded in White before to ride her through some money loss, and then I traded her out to cop that loss and traded in Swanson, who's lost more money. So, great score from her, but I'm just a little bit annoyed with this uh, <laughs> my cash gen plans going backwards with the uh, the midfielders. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're alone there with Swanson because she was pretty popular yeah. pickup this week for a few teams. So. Unfortunate there. Yeah. Surprising to give you your plus three to a player on your bench. I think that's pretty much unheard of. <laughs> oh, I was just pleasantly surprised. I had low expectations yeah. and uh, she did really yeah. well. So it was actually funny watching the watching the derby as a Freo supporter, but having three West Coast players in my team. As much as obviously I wanted Freo to win, I actually really just want. I was watching West Coast the whole time intently. I wanted the ball in their hands. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a <laughs> weird dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liam, last but not least, who are your plus threes and minus threes this week? So plus three, pretty easy. It's it's Anne Hatchard in the rain, in the long sleeves, just pumping out you know another great score. Um, Bailey put out a stat on Twitter that she's been in the top ten scores every week, and I've I've given the nickname in the captain's article at this point. She is the Rock. She's Anne the Rock Hatchard because she is absurdly consistent. And so I really can't fault her for as my M one. Now I've written down on my little run sheet that. Minus three is Emily Peace, but it's actually me. Like I am by far and away the biggest negative three with my team <laughs> because I've continued a run of trading out the wrong rookie every single week. I traded out Fleming, who scored 88, for Ham, who scored 68. I traded out Darick to bring in Pease, uh, and Darick scored a 69 with a three-round average of uh, 86 and, and Pease has scored 84 points combined over the last two weeks uh, and then I traded Paige Scott instead of Roberts and so I again lost 15 points so I am just the master of my own demise I am the failure I am the minus three I am Liam the minus three Tomlinson <laughs> at this stage oh mate that hurts to lose, I, I thought Derek was going to be the epitome of your pain, but you've really kept it going this week. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe you've actually managed to back that up. Like, I thought that was that that was for sure going to be the low point for you, Liam, and I'm very sorry to hear that it's not. <laughs> oh, it's just driving me batty. Like, how, of course, of course, we all predict Abby Derek to score 130 off halfback. Of course. Jazz Fleming would score more points than Tilly Lucas Rod. We all saw that one coming, didn't we? <laughs> well, not to not to stick the screwdriver in and twist it a little bit, but what's um? Oh yeah, no, but you're trade about out Fleming against Sydney. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What was the logic? Uh, it was it, it was predominantly cash related. I saw Ham as consi- like I saw Ham as. Sydney's leading scorer in every game she's played in, and I didn't see any reason that that was going to change. Now, was Fleming the player that necessarily trade out? No, but her scoring had been inconsistent throughout the season, and she'd been beaten in scoring most weeks by Tam Smith. So that was my reason for doing it. I don't think that's necessarily beyond the realms of what is normal to do at this stage of the season, which is to prioritise players who have more cash to take them up to, to better players, and I saw Ham as the better player. A rough round for you, but the beauty of the, the halfway mark of the season is that what's ever been done so far can be undone in the back half. We've got a whole other half ahead of us, and I'm backing you in to recover. I would have thought from this point last season, round five to round 10, I reckon you would have come in a good 200 spots from, from well outside the 100 to come third, so... Oh, I, I love the flat attempt at flattery, Jono, but I was not ranked in the 200s at this time of last year. I was very much in the 100s. I don't think any of us were in the 100 at round five. No, I think it was, was around round six or seven that we moved in. I, I, I moved in when people cap, when people didn't captain uh, Ebony Marinoff and they traded in Anne Hatchard. So th- this round five last year. Ah, okay. But we digress. We digress. Speaking of the, uh, the 100... We had the 100th marker moving out 1,256 points. That's what you needed to maintain par in the top 100, which is a very, very high-scoring round and a lot higher than it usually is. I think uh, this was potentially a round that the top 100 moved further ahead. Overall first is still Timmy Tarantula backing it up again, uh, now reaching up to 6,015 total points for the season, which is very, very strong scores. And finally, congratulations to Mike, whose team, Dons, won the round with a 1,374, which is just mammoth. I presume that that is on the back of a Marinoff captaincy again, because you'd be hard-pressed to find a full team that's able to score anywhere close to that. Let's jump into our line-by-lines, and I think this time we're mainly going to be starting to look at our upgrade options. We'll, We'll chuck onto the rookies later, just on the basis that there's probably a bit more emphasis now on getting these upgrades right this is probably the last the last round that you can bring in rookies that'll actually make cash because beyond this point it's going to be a bit of a challenge we'll, we'll talk about those a little bit later but starting in defense 
there are a clear top three that we've talked about before with uh, Schleicher, Carney, and Randall. I want to hear from you three. Who would you think is the pick of these choices? So, Will, I might start with you. Anyone priced in that 80 to 100K bracket, who do you think you would take? So the one I'm going to start with is Hannah Priest because she's the one that I did take. I think that on the virtue that she's one of the cheapest of the lot thanks to that poor start, I think she's got the most upside. Two good scores in a row means that you're probably still getting a bit of value out of her. And it's a fairly fantasy-friendly role in that St Kilda back line. I think she's the pick for me. Interesting you say she's one of the lowest priced there because based on price changes from this week, she's made another five and a half grand or so and the person I was going to recommend, Lauren Butler, has lost another 1300 bucks, unfortunately for me. So they're actually within a couple of grand now of each other. And much like you going with Priest because you have her, I would have recommended Butler because I have her. Unfortunately, now she doesn't have that great break-even to price-out ratio, so she's maybe not as attractive. But I do think that she's a fairly consistently scoring player and she's quite lowly owned. She's lost a little bit of money recently, so someone could jump on her this week, but you'd want to be holding her until the end, hoping that she goes up even further because she's not going to be making you any money, most likely, unless she has an awesome few weeks. Uh, So I'm going to jump on board with Will and I'm going to say that the option is Hannah Priest. And I think the big thing that we've got with Hannah Priest is we know why her scoring has increased. Bianca Jacobson had been playing the role as the prime distributor from the Sakilda defence, but with injuries to key position-sized players in defence, Bianca Jacobson has now shifted to a more key position role, and Hannah Priest has gone back to her fully distributive role that she played in Season 6. Now, we like to... As a, you know, as a top five defender at the beginning of the season because we knew she could do that even without midfield time and there was talk of some midfield time. That doesn't seem to have eventuated, but she's now got a low break even because of a terrible roll rounds one through three and we've now seen two high scores in two weeks. I think just based on that fact alone and that it's we can understand exactly why her scoring has changed and the structural change is not something that you know, Bianca Jacobson's not going to go back to a prime distributor role if she's playing a more key position role because the injuries are all ACLs. So I think Hannah Priest is probably the one that I like the most. And then I think second is the player, and I'm going to jump on the same bandwagon here. I really like Eileen Gilroy. Priest one, Gilroy two. Do you think Gilroy has topped out as much money as she's going to make? Like, is she just going to keep... Is she one that you would bring in for the hope that she's going to earn you more money or is she one that you're bringing in for her consistent scoring for the next five rounds as someone you would keep until the end? I, I'd, I'd say you're bringing in Gilroy to keep until the end. And let's say you're trying to upgrade an Eastman, which I think will be a popular trade this week, given her extremely high ownership in the top 100. It might be a question of who... It's going to be a question of who do you think will score the most points? If there's a bracket where we could say, you know, 65 to 70 there's going to be a number of players in there. Then you start to think about both whom they're playing and then also their ownership. Both Priest and Gilroy sit under 4% ownership, which is massive. I think the one that we haven't talked about here, who I think is the best fantasy scorer of the lot, but the reason we haven't talked about her is because she's clearly the most expensive, is Katie Lynch. 92 last round, been very consistent. If you can upgrade to her, I think... She's one that you'd be fairly comfortable saying is likely to be in that top five. But again, a bit more expensive, makes it a bit hard to get to, so you can probably get better value out of some of the other ones. I think because she had that 50 in the wet a couple of weeks ago that that's kept her under the 100k mark, but she is very, very much going to jump over that very soon. Only has a break even of 57. So to me, that's, that's a, a very good option as well. I, w- I would almost be confident saying that she's a lock for me to be the number four defender. Um, behind the three that we mentioned earlier in Carney, Randall, and Slicer. I think that's going to be the big trade this week is trying to see what upgrade downgrades you can do to take, say, an Eastman or a Sheeran, whether or not it's to a Lynch or it's to a Priest, a Gilroy, another one near around about the same price is in Gap Pound, who we also see as someone who at the beginning of the season is a top five defender and has done it in the past. Or do you try and find some cheaper rookies on on the other end to bring in a Katie Lynch? Yeah. So, in summary, I guess we've got 
Probably Hannah Priest seems to be the most popular of the, the top options, but any of Butler, Lynch, or Gilroy, I think we'd all sign off on. There's one player, though, that we've been waiting to start putting up good scores, or even just start playing for a few rounds now. <laughs> Ashley Brazel has come out and put up a 60 this week. She's priced very, very cheap. She's under 60K. Is now the time that we jump on? Yes. Can we move on to the next question now, please? That'd be great. <laughs> well, yeah. You save 10K if you go down from an Eastman. My question is, is it important enough that you would jeopardize what you do with the other two trades? I th- I think that if you don't do it this week, your last chance is next week. She probably won't rise too much in another week, provided she doesn't score a massive 100. So I think next week's probably your last chance, assuming that Eastman can probably, or Sheeran as well, can just add that little bit more. That's a sideways that you'd probably be fairly comfortable with. Beyond that, I think you've uh, probably missed the boat. Well, Will, can I ask, what do you think she's going to average for the rest of the season? I think an average in the mid-50s is probably pretty fair. I think that the forward role, unfortunately, is a bit more variable than the defensive role that we're used to with her. But the the advantage that Brazel has is that she is being used much more as that link player. So she's the one that they're looking to get the ball on that half-forward line, take the marks and move it inside 50. She's a really good kick. So I think that the role isn't a bad one for a forward. It's just a matter of it coming together on the day. So I think an average of around that 55 mark is probably fair. Um, and I think for the price that she's at right now, you'd absolutely take that, and it would probably be fairly comfortable sitting that at your, your D5 at the end of the season. I'm, I'm interested that you say 50, 50 to 55, because I've looked at Collingwood's fixture, and I don't think they play a top eight team until, what is it, North Melbourne in one of the final two rounds. They've got a pretty easy fixture. I would have thought a Collingwood forward could potentially go higher than that. I think they can. I'm going conservative because that, that forward role is a, a role where you can play a really, really good game and still score a 40. Because you can just get a few hit-up marks, maybe kick a goal or two, look fantastic, but you just don't necessarily need to do too much. I think you're absolutely right. I think that the ceiling is there to go 60+. plus. I'm just going to temper expectations a bit by saying mid-50s, uh, just in case you know there are a few lower scores in there, just because she's not used as much or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a wetter day, something like that. I think the thing to add here is that um, as much as you say that she hasn't got a top eight side, some of the sides she's going up against in the final five rounds are relatively restrictive. I'd say that there's about two and a half good matchups to come out of the last five rounds. So it's not like slam dunk. Even for the forward role, it's more from a fantasy defensive role. There's going to be some tougher matchups. Yeah, I think especially with North and Brisbane to finish, you might be looking to get her in, make the money there is to be made, and then get out with a couple of rounds to go. Yeah, so a stepping stone option. Good to know. We might move on to the midfielders because I think we have got potentially the biggest decision we're going to make this season coming up. And that is to Bowers or not to Bowers. We finally (laughs) had Kiara Bowers put up a worthy score. She's lost something like 41,000 so far this season. But she's finally got a break-even that's achievable. So... Mel, I'm going to ask you, because it's your team namesake, are we bringing in Kiara Bowers this week? A lot of people have money left in the bank from last week because they saved about 30 grand or so. And I imagine out of all of the players they'll be putting that to, given that she's now, she's she's still quite highly priced, but she's well below um, a Mariner for a Hatchard. If you are going to do a big midfield upgrade, you'd probably be getting her out of those three if you don't, because you've probably already got one or two of them. If you're shuffling around any extra money and making sacrifices of other players that you still like to put Bowers in your team, I'd be saying no, because Frio are getting better, but they're still not an elite team this season. She's not worth the risk of sacrificing other slots in your team. But if you've got that cash handy and you're looking for a big mid-upgrade, then yeah, I reckon grab her. I want, I want to throw that in there, to Bowers or not to Bowers. My, my answer to that is possibly no. She's still got a break-even of 105. We know very easy, easily Bowers could do that. But her next three matchups are Adelaide, Melbourne, and Collingwood. 
So she's got a really tough lineup coming up. And the reason she managed to score big this week against the Eagles is she was starting to get those possessions we haven't seen. Still got 18 tackles, fantastic. But as we've talked a bit about in previous weeks, if you're getting 18 tackles but less than 10 disposals, it's not equating to those big scores that we're used to. And so I reckon Bowers is probably actually a reasonable chance to drop price again this week against Adelaide. The matchups are really bad. I think that's the big thing. Mm. Like, you're bringing in Turbo because you think she can go back to hitting those 120 scores. But if you look at who she's actually got to play, she's really going to have a tough time against Adelaide scoring well. She's only averaged 105, 106 against them across her career. I mean, that's what her break-even is. True. So yeah, but you're not, bringing, you're not bringing her in to meet your break-even. You're bringing her in as like a force multiplier, like... I'd still take 105, man. Like, that's a great score. Yeah, but for sure. But Hatchard is going near 110. And I think what's another really interesting thing is across the rest of the season, I reckon Fremantle might win two games, and that's because they play Sydney and Hawthorne. And and Hatchard, and we've talked about this before, Kiara Bowers averages 110 in the last season, season and a half when Fremantle win, and she averages 88 when they lose. Oof, that's a difference. That is a massive difference. That is enormous. If you can bring her in, let's say she loses another 5, 10 grand, to play in your final couple of rounds against... Um, you know, your, your Hawthorne, Sydney, Sydney and Hawthorne. That might be the play. That's my plan. I don't have any money in the bank right now at all. And and I think that's why for me, I'm like, Hatchard at the moment is going to get me through to that time. If I can, if she can lose a bit of money and I can get a bit more money from the likes of Smith and Dowrick and a few other players, you can probably sneak yep. in Kiara Bowers as your last big upgrade heading into the mm-hmm. end of the season. It doesn't matter then if she's losing money because her break even's 150 or whatever because you've moved to the points focus, yep. So I think for me, it's still not to Bowers. If there's any player, and I've said this so many times, if there's any player who can prove me wrong, it's Kiara Bowers, but I don't think that she's likely to go at that 110 average that we would probably want to see from her. See, the unfortunate thing for you here, Will, is that I actually agree with you, and I've been the kiss of death for the last three weeks. No, don't, so... don't worry, Liam. You and I have been kiss of death together because <laughs> both of us consistently, consistently traded out the wrong oh. players. Stop making out, guys. You're just kissing <laughs> each other with your death curse. The kissing, the kissing cousins over here. <laughs> All right. So if we're not trading in Kiara Bowers then, uh, you've mentioned Hatchard and Marinoff. You can if you can afford them, do it. Obvious choices. Let's say you can't afford them, right? Where else are we going? Because I think we need some midfield targets. Who, Liam? Do you reckon is the next person that you're looking at? Um, that is a very very good question. It's a, it's a real tough one. I think that the two players that I'd still want to look at are Amy McDonald and Haley Miller. I know that we've just said that Fremantle have a really bad run, but but Haley Miller has a much has a very different price profile than Kiara Bowers does. We don't need Haley Miller to score 110, and you're saving from 153k all the way down to 122, so nearly 30k, an entire rookie's worth of scoring between the two players. That's enough for me where you go we've seen now Hayley Miller has kind of working her worked her way potentially back into form after a you know an abruptly interrupted an interrupted process Mel I think I was throwing before to Liam and I saw your hand pop up very very late and you've been waiting patiently do you have a an option for us in the midfield I was gonna say I, I feel like Swanson is still an option she has had an unfortunate week where she's lost some money but I think she's still and she's currently sitting I guess what's that one two seventh or so on season average but I think she has the potential to work her way back up there and especially seeing that Georgia Cosmarcus is not going to be playing for a couple of rounds just in terms of how the ladder ends up for our midfielders with Bowers still dropping I think she's a good pick to end up very close to the top I also think Conti is looking pretty good in terms of the value that she's lost I was definitely going to be talking about Conti because have you seen her next four 
it's actually remarkable. Like, I don't think any team has an easier four games than Richmond does. And and we know that she's very consistent. She has got a high ceiling. She's kind of everywhere. There's no doubt that she's not going to be around the ball. If you're looking for someone that's maybe a little bit cheaper, I think she would be a good pick. I just want to quickly go back to the other one you mentioned, Mel. Swanson, break even of 111 this week. Maybe someone to target next week, but they are playing Hawthorne this week. So she's a chance to make that break even fairly comfortably. I do think Swanson is a very safe pick. I think that you can back her into average close enough to 100 for the rest of the year, if not more. Uh, I don't mind it at all. She's still only less. She's still less than 3% owned as well, Swanson. So has that uniqueness as well. Both of the plays I suggested there are ones to pick up because based on their run, you can trust that they're going to be pretty decently scoring for what they're priced at. These aren't the specky picks of people that are going to go up in price. It's someone that you want to pick in now as maybe your M3 that's going to sit down as your M4 for the rest of the season. One player that I would love to suggest but can't in good faith is Maddie Prosparkas. I think she's a jet. I don't think it matters that she gets tagged, but I do think it matters that they play Brisbane and Geelong in the next two. You're not going to find two more restrictive teams for midfielders mm. to score against, so uh, that's one that I'm probably going to avoid. Are you guys planning a midfield upgrade this week? Yes, I yes. am. Yeah, almost certainly. I have I have M piece in my team. <laughs> I, I need a midfield upgrade. The Yorst is uh has done her dash for me. She uh basically made break even this week and now plays Adelaide. So I think that is a perfect time to send her away for Anne Hatchard, which probably means that. Sorry, everyone. And Hatchard's going to get tagged by Yorston this weekend. Is going to score a lowest <laughs> score ever. So, <laughs> why will? That's like one of the only good players I have in my team. You and I must suffer together, Liam. Because <laughs> I wasn't. Act- I was actually wasn't going to do a midfield upgrade this week, which feels against the grain. Next thing I want to talk about is actually rucks, uh, because our rookie rucks, with the exception of Lucy Wales, we put up an enormous eighty-three. Outside of that, a lot of our rookie rucks have started to put up some very low scores. I think Levicki, McCormick, uh, Steph Wales all put up scores under the 40 mark. And it really makes you question, do you keep running with it? Or is it time to cut our losses, either trade up uh, or trade down and go someone like Simone Nolder or even just go the utility loophole? So what, what do we think, guys? Is it... Is it something that you need to to move on as a priority? It actually does come down to the other question, which is whether or not you've got a team structure where you want to make a midfield upgrade. Uh, I think that if you are looking at running a pretty kind of speculative M3, then it's downgrade. And I'd say it's probably utility loophole. But then that also brings in the additional question of who you'd be running as a utility loophole. I think the lowest player you could probably run through there is maybe a Keeley Skepper, who could probably average 50, you know, setting aside at, at 28 this week. I think a 50 is probably about the best you can hope from that end. I don't think Nolder is going to hit 50 at any point for the rest of the year. So I don't think that's a viable trade-in. I think Nolder might hit 50 this coming week, given McKinnon's going to be out with concussion. But outside of that, I wouldn't back her in. So I don't think it's a good trade option. So you're saying probably in the option then of taking the utility loophole? I would say yes. But I think the other big thing is in terms of the... And this is kind of a difficult question to answer. But let's say most people are going to be looking at that 75 to 85k range for the for their utility which could be a someone like Montana Ham, a Jazz Fleming and Happy Dowrick or a Tam Smith um Tam Smith that's a great player definitely don't trade her out um i think that and we'll, we can probably have a chat about this kind of amongst the rest of us, there are probably some ruck options that you could conceivably have at the same price and would still allow you to make use of utility for its intended purpose, which is as a backstop. Yeah, I, I think if you're willing to just push up your your budget a little bit more, if you can get to someone like a, a Lacay, a Fuller, they're probably just on the edge of where you could get to. I think some of them are still making a bit of money, which is good. Uh, but otherwise, I think you're right, Liam. I think 
downgrade's probably your best option in playing the utility. I think the, the thing with Lacay is that the run over the next few weeks in terms of allowing scoring is actually pretty easy. Got a Wales twin, then follows that up with Gabby Seymour, who as much as she scores well, she also allows other rucks to score well, and then goes on to Olivia Fuller, that doesn't hit a hard matchup to score against until she uh, she hits the Moody Edmonds duo in round nine. So I think that that's a decent enough play. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. My question is, let's say that you don't have a decent player for your utility spot, right? Because you're playing Ham on field in your in your midfield, or you don't have her. Let's say that your utility is a forward rookie, and you're stuck with a Segetti or a Whelan or a Goldsworthy. Is it still worth it in that instance? What you're not going to go, you're not going to go back and get a ruck after that, surely? No, no. My my thought is you've currently you've currently got. Levicki as your ruck, right? And you can either trade them down to play a Goldsworthy as your utility, or you can focus right. all your trades on upgrading a ruck. I think I'd go down just because I think that any ruck that you've got at that lower range probably isn't going to outscore Zagetti, even if they are just putting up 40s. So I think you can may as well just make the money from your ruck and cut that loss and then use that money to upgrade elsewhere. I'd, I'd say you'd only tick it off uh, if it's Goldsworthy, who has a pretty decent run for the rest of the year and had her by far and away her toughest matchup last week and still managed 10 possessions and four tackles. She didn't do a whole lot else, but literally no one outside of Elise Parker in the, in the second half and uh, Eva were doing anything for that game and up against the, you know, the form side of the comp. So... I think that'd be the only one when I'd sign off for for a, a rookie forward as your your ruck. All right, love it. Uh, moving on to our forwards, I think we've got uh, some really interesting forward targets that I want to talk about. The first is Chloe Malloy. Is everyone thinking that she is a, an important player to bring into your side if you're upgrading a forward? Yeah, she's going to be my upgrade for Mackenzie this week. Given how highly she's ranked in terms of averages she's like fifth highest averaged she has a break even that's lower than her price tag she also hasn't dropped below 56 this year yeah she's made a lot of money more to go in the past we've seen her ability to score big but she hadn't been doing it consistently this year she's been doing it consistently against good and poorer opposition i think that makes her a fantastic option yeah and she's up against some kilda next week so Two other players that I want to talk about I think are pretty interesting. The first is Gabby O'Sullivan, uh, who, much like the other Fremantle players, has put up her first big score of the season. She started woefully and has lost a whole heap of cash. So she's one one player to bring in. The other one is Caitlin Ashmore, who has started the season flying, was tagged out last week against the Swans to her lowest score of the season. But both of them seem to me to be pressing to kind of push into that sweet 16 top five forwards. If you had to choose between those two, who would it be? My caution with O'Sullivan is Freo's lineup coming up is not looking fantastic, and I'm concerned that she might not have as many opportunities to get around the ball as an Ashmore. Yeah, to me, to me, O'Sullivan kind of fits into the same, the same sort of areas that we were talking about with Bowers, where they've got a tough matchup in the next few weeks, but a very easy last two games. She could conceivably keep losing money. I think her break-even is still very, very high. She could be a player that could very easily drop down to around about mid-80 to low-80,000 and be a really nice upgrade right at the end of the season. Her break-even is not that high. It's 62, and her price at 65. So as long as she can consistently keep getting that, she won't lose money. But my, risk, my, my flag is that I don't think she'll get 62 consistently going forward. I hope that she doesn't score a 60 in the next two weeks, drops down another 10 grand, and then coming into matchups against some of the easier teams in Sydney and Hawthorne becomes yep. a very nice option at around about that 80k mark. In <laughs> And then we essentially pick up the entire Fremantle team and we put them into our fantasy teams and coast through to the final. <laughs> I, I th- the, the, the ironic thing about that is I actually think that may genuinely be a consideration, just the way those <laughs> two teams f- actually concede points. It actually could be the play. The other question that I wanted to put to you all 
was what do you do with Ellie McKenzie? She's still one of the most popularly owned forwards, but has just put up a 44, has really only had one score this entire season, uh, which you know you would hope for someone with her starting price. Everything else has been below a 60. So what do you do with her? Mel? She's been in my like trade notes. Do I trade it to Ashmore? Do I trade it to Malloy? <laughs> so it's literally the exact moves we've just spoken about. But I think to me, to me, either way, she's going because she's too expensive to be putting on my bench, but she's not making me money and because her break even so high and she's not scoring amazingly. So she's not giving me points either. I think it's definitely time to go. And given that she's about 80 grand and there's another good couple of people around the 90-ish grand, and I'm one of those people in the boat that's not doing a midfield upgrade because I kind of did one last week and I'm going to hold off for a Bowers drop in price. I've got a little bit of money to play with in my forward line and that's where it's going. It's on top of McKenzie. Counterpoint, Richmond have an incredibly easy draw over the next few weeks. So they have, they've got West Coast, they've got Gold Coast, they've got Carlton and they've got GWS. I think McKenzie can probably average around 60 for the next few weeks, which means she will hold value, not lose it. Can I count a counterpoint? Yeah. <laughs> Given how we've seen that she plays, she's always kind of a couple metres behind the ball. She's running around and she's there, but she's not doing the tackles necessarily. And if Richmond, like you said, are up for an easy couple of weeks, there's a good chance that she can continue to play just outside that ball and reduces her touches even more potentially. I don't see her, if Richmond are going to do well, I see that being an inverse for her scoring potentially and therefore not getting the uh, 40, whatever her new break even will be, somewhere around there and therefore dropping off in price. So I know you're saying that she's not a pressing swap out, but if I was keeping her, I might consider benching or downgrading getting that money to put on top of a midfielder for an upgrade. If if she's playing off the contest, I would have thought a game that they're cruising is the one where it's going to be less contested, the ball's going to get outside. And the most obvious example we've seen of that was when they played Hawthorne this season, and she put up her best score by about 20 points. Uh, after that, you know, their, her best score was probably against Essendon, which, I mean, is probably harsh to say, but was probably their second easiest victory of the season because they've had a pretty tough run of games. I would have thought that if they're if they're in for a few wins, then an outside player is the one that you want. I would just like to say that that Ellie McKenzie score against Hawthorne is boosted ridiculously by a free kick for a tackle that shouldn't have been given, and then she goes ahead and slots the goal from a ridiculous spot. Her her, her point should be like substantially less. It should have been about sixty, which would have still been her highest score of the year. But that's kind of what Will was saying. It's just like she can probably hit sixty but you can probably put 30 or 40 points on top of the midfielder. And I, I think that's why, just sort of summarizing what we said, it's someone that I think you will have to trade out, but I don't think it's a priority right now if you've got other areas to fix. All right, well, we've talked way too long about Ellie McKenzie. I think let's let's move on to some rookies that we need to be talking about. I'd just like to make another point about Ellie McKenzie. <laughs> no, actually. no, I'm cutting you off here, ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Will, no, no, Will, I completely agree with you. This is now the Ellie McKenzie fantasy podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk about some rookies because if we're making these upgrades, we need some good downgrades. We've only got five rounds to go, which means this is potentially the last round of anyone that we trade in that we've got a chance of trading out because you need time to, to put money on people's heads and then actually get the points on field after that. So we've lined up what we think are the top top five options this week, uh, under 40K, and then we'll see if we can have some, some more expensive ones afterwards. But the first one that we've got in our list is Charlotte Taylor from the Pies. Will, do you want to talk us through why we've got Charlotte at the top of the list? Yeah, I've got Charlotte Taylor at the top of the list simply because she was playing in the Collingwood midfield. And any rookie who is not a midfielder playing midfield time automatically comes straight into your calculations, pretty much regardless of how they scored. So a 36, good, will make a bit of money, lowish break even this week, should hold her spot. There's a spot in that um, Collingwood midfield for rookies, uh, as we've seen with Imogen Evans playing a bit in there as well. So I think as a, as a defender, she's a really good option to to downgrade someone like a, a Dersma or, or a Erica O'Shea if you've still got her to make a bit of money. Would you field her? I probably wouldn't 
if if you had to, you probably could, but I wouldn't do it comfortably, to be honest. So it's a bench shuffle. For it's a bench money. shuffle. Now that we've finally got a defender, we can downgrade to with some sort of confidence. Great opportunity to take, and it's why she's taken out the number one spot on the list in addition to those midfield minutes. At number two, we've got Mackenzie Dowrick uh, from the Adelaide Crows. He put up a 62 on the weekend. Liam, do you want to tell us a little bit about Mackenzie Dowrick? Mackenzie Dowrick has uh, has been around the traps, started off at Brisbane, is now at Adelaide. She spent most of the last two years playing as a key defender, but at Brisbane, she was a she was a forward. She came out, she kicked four on the weekend in the drubbing that was against GWS and looked back at home, looked like she knew her way around the goals and Adelaide looked like they've really hit their stride after they were kind of pushed in the early rounds of the season and, and did also lose. I think the the big question that might make you a little bit afraid for Mackenzie Dowrick is... We don't know whether or not she's been given this forward role as a replacement for Danielle Ponta, who didn't play on the weekend, who very much is capable of kicking four in a you know lead, not necessarily out of the goal square, but be a bit of a target as a medium-sized forward. If we see uh, the fact that maybe a Jess Waterhouse is dropped this week and you see Mackenzie Dowrick and Danielle Ponta in the same forward line, I think someone who's priced in the, the mid to high 30s, she's probably one of the only kind of fieldable forward rookies who is below that kind of 40, priced at 40. Uh, at number three on the list, we have, and actually, you know, we'll do number four at the same time here because they're both West Coast players. We've got Jade Britton and Abigail Bushby. Uh, Mel, you were watching the Derby. We were watching the Derby on the weekend. Do you want to run us through why we've got them on this list? Firstly, I'd like to say I really appreciate you guys pronouncing it properly. It's taken a lot of coaching to get some of you to pronounce it uh, how it should be, but I appreciate it. Jade Britton, very excited about because I brought her in last week uh, on a bit of a hunch and she has done exactly what I was hoping she would. Firstly, they're rookies that are playing, so that's a tick one. And with Jade Britton, in her first game, she was showing that she was on the field for about 50% of the time and playing through the midfield. Um, which she has continued to do in the, the last round. So now that she's had two pretty decent games, I imagine she would just keep playing and, and hopefully increase her time on ground and therefore her points for West Coast. As for Abigail Bushby, I actually didn't see that much of her when I was half watching the game. Does anyone else have any thoughts on her? Uh, she's a, She was a high draft pick and is known for being a pretty good ball winner, but being a, a young midfielder in a West Coast team always means that Scoring's probably got a bit of a cap. She was definitely playing a half-forward role on the weekend and did kick a goal with Hawthorne coming up this week and then Richmond following. I'd I'd back her in to have another good couple games. I don't think either of these two are fieldable, though, which is the key thing. Absolutely. If you're going to pick one and you've got that midfielder spot, Britain's break-even is is much lower and she has played two games, so it gives a little bit more certainty to her role. But, yeah, they're definitely cashed in on the bench for a couple of weeks and then you would be using that too. Trade out. Yeah. Uh, and last on our list is Christina Bernardi from the Carlton Blues, a forward. Will, do you want to tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, Christina Bernardi is a fascinating one for me because she's been brought in as essentially an injury top-up player for Carlton and has come straight into the team, scored 33 as a forward against a pretty tough to score against Melbourne. What interests me about... Uh, Christina Bernardi is she is priced at basement price despite scoring that 33. Yeah, it looks like a glitch. (laughs) Her break-even is 9. This is what I don't understand. She's priced at 28.7, break-even of 9 after one game where she got 33. It's a bit strange. I think it's because she she technically played last season playing as a a key defender at Richmond. Delisted, so brought back on. Christina Bernardi really interests me because she's been brought in as an experienced player, will play in that Carlton forward line, essentially replacing Phoebe McWilliams. Carlton forwards, not the most, you know, fantasy scoring position, but I think the thing that gives her the benefit is A, that really bottom price, and B, I think she should just play because Carlton need the experience up forward, especially with McWilliams going out injured. So I think she's a player that could fairly comfortably average around that 30 to 40 mark and make a bit of money 
and we do know that in the past, it's it's still a while back in her career history, but she has had a season where she's averaged high 50s. So she does have that in her to play. Like, she, she averaged 58 at Collingwood when Collingwood weren't a fantastic team in Season 2. So I think there's plenty of upside with Bernardi. I think that's a fantastic option. I like her, and because I've still got Sagetti, and I know there's a lot of um, forward rookies that people will still have either on their bench or um, on their field, that have made they're up about that 50 grand price, but they're not likely to be going much higher. Um, I'm taking the opportunity to grab this basement price, essentially basement price person that's going to do much better, you would hope, to make myself about 20 grand and trade out Sagetti, who has been on my bench, but is not really doing that great going forward as cash gym. Just um, one final thing. I know that we said under 40k, uh, but there is a midfielder at Carlton uh, who's fourth. 40,700, and that's Lily Goss. Not, nothing spectacular on the scoring side has gone 34, 44, 35, but has played the last three games and has managed to score at a decent level uh, in the VFLW in the past, if I can pull it up. She's gone at 71 and a half points in the VFLW, so not exactly your worst option if you're trying to find a body who will play uh, as a midfielder on your bench. Yep, no, I like it. Uh, I think those are probably our preferred options. There's a few others that debuted last week or had really big scores, but I don't think we're on board with them. So that's Janome Anderson, Emily Everest, uh, not putting up the kind of scores you would you would want. Even if they triple their scores, I don't want that on my field, so don't worry about them. <laughs> you don't want... <laughs> You don't yeah. want 12. <laughs> Shout out to, to Bailey. Bailey, who was on the show last week, who fielded uh, Janome Anderson for her four and still managed to, I think, beat all of us except for Jono. Yeah, that Adelaide Crows midfield he's got mm. is a powerhouse, honestly. <laughs> Talia Fellows put up a 62, which was fantastic, but her previous scores of 10 and 11, I don't want to touch that. I think that's that's three goals against Sydney that will never be repeated until we play Sydney again. So great effort. Happy to leave that to the side. Brooke Plummer with a 35 in uh, defense for Geelong, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be chasing. It. I think the key position player is one that stresses us out a little bit, and Jess Waterhouse is one with Daniel Ponta coming back. We're expecting her to get dropped, so that's the concern there. The other one is Adelaide put up a monster score. Ball was consistently in the forward half. If you're only scoring a 43, that's uh, it's probably not the ceiling of a player you want. So that's our concerns there. I think there's two players, though, that are a little bit more expensive, but I think might be worth trading in if you're looking for a bit more of an expensive rookie, if you can't quite make your upgrades, but you want to get someone to play on field. And that's Cynthia Hamilton and Amy Whelan, both Swans players. Cynthia Hamilton is a very interesting case. Sydney decided for some reason to put their ruck, Ali Morfitt, into the forward line for the majority of that game and bring Hamilton into the middle of the ground. And it's very interesting to see her rucking. Brought a lot of uh, energy around the ball. We know she's a very, very good midfielder. So I think her 82 from the weekend is potentially indicative of what she can do going forward if they keep her in there. So very, very impressive. And the other one is Amy Whelan. Uh, was out with an arm injury for a couple of weeks, but is now back and a very good midfielder, still very, very cheaply priced. And if you're willing to pay, I think 47K it is, then she, I think, is potentially a fieldable option if you need someone to come in. So... I think those two are good options. We've got a whole host of rookies that I want to go through, and I want to get in 10 words or less, guys, because we are pushing for time already. Are we happy to move these players on? So we're going to start with you, Liam. Molly Eastman, are we happy to move her on? Outside top 100, yes. Otherwise, wait. Will Tamara Smith from the Hawks? Keep unless you desperately need to move her to a premium. All right, Mel Fremantle's Megan Kaufman. Keep if needed, cause break even. Move on, otherwise, cause she's made thirty-seven grand. <laughs> That's a lot more than ten, <laughs> more words. Than 10 words. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> if I say them quickly, it doesn't matter how many there are. <laughs> it was all hyphenated. Yeah. <laughs> Jono, Jono, one for you, Keely Skipper. Yes, twenty-eight slowed cash generation. Liam Ella Roberts. Uh, yes, matchup excellent this week against Hawthorne. Wait, the question is, are you happy to move them on? So no, oh, don't move. No, them on. don't move her on. <laughs> right. 
Uh, Will, Imogen Evans? Uh, hasn't been playing, so get rid of her. Great, easy one there. Mel, one of your favourites, Alex Ballard? Move on, playing crows. Uh, response, response, hold playing crows. Takes kick-ins. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Hannah Stewart at the Saints, 49. You can move her on. Uh, Liam, I've thrown this in mainly for Sass here. Abby Derrick? Uh, F you, Jono, <laughs> you are a bad host. Trade two, trade two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but, but for real here, Liam, uh, Lauren Zagetti. Uh, Lauren Zagetti, if you're top 100 trade. All right. Uh, Will Riley Wilcox? Consistently low, mover on. Great. Mel Page Scott? Yeah, mover on. Great. Uh, I'm going to jump with Indy Tarhau here. Hold if on field, trade if on bench. Uh, and Liam Bridie Kennedy? Hold because almost no downgrade options. Great. Will, I think you still got Vicky Wall? No, I traded her, but hold good matchup against Sydney. Great. Uh, and Mel, flip side of that, Sydney's Brenna Tarrant. 7% owned. Get rid of her. Uh, Erica O'Shea from North. Get rid of her. Uh, and Liam, finally, Jazz Fleming. Uh, F you, Jono. You are Aww. a bad host. Trade her one week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Trade her one week ago. <laughs> Look, I had to I had to deflate your ego a little bit here because we're coming into the one thing that you've done exceptionally well on the weekend, and that was your captain's yes. call. Your top four captains have had an average of 120 last week, which is just absurd. Uh, topped off, of course, by number one pick, Ebony Marinoff. you got to be happy with that. My question is, who is our number one captain option uh, in round six? Uh, it's Anne, it's going to be Anne Hatchard. But I just like, Jono, even though you're pumping up my tyres, my top four were Marinoff, Parker, Bowers and Hatchard. So scores of 148, 92, 116 and 124. So even in a top four that I nailed, have a guess which one I picked. Parker. Parker? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> see, Did you? See, the thing... Of- Did you yes, that's my last course. week. And what's his name, Bailey? He was like, no, don't Captain Parker. <laughs> yes, but I actually do my own article and my own research. Well, I'm glad to see that we've got Anne Hatcher at the top of the list. I think she's finally gotten the respect she deserves. How many times has she not been top of the score, top of the captain's list after mm. scoring in the top 10 every round so far? So good to see her up there. We're going to move on to some burning listener questions. The first one we've got here is from Ed, and I think it's a really interesting one. Uh, Ed, his cash generation is dried up, and his bench has had some woeful scores this week. So the question is, does he spend the week fixing his rookies, or do we keep trying to upgrade on-field positions, even if it means bringing in some mid-prices instead of primos? Liam, I want to start with you. What do you think? Now's the time to be thinking about the mid-prices that are really going to rise. And even if it's a different scenario, it wasn't a case of cash generation drying up. It was Kara Bowers going out last year. The big difference in kind of splitting the kind of teams that were just trying to get to the top 100 versus those that were pushing the top 20 was could you nail two downgrades um, in the midfield for Kiara Bowers? So last year it was a combination of Bates, Miller and Tilly Lucas-Rod that really would have pushed you up the rankings a lot. I think now's the time to be looking for those mid-priced options that are really looking like they could push it to the next level. So it could be taking a chance on a second or third-year player who's had a couple of good scores in a row as a midfielder. It could be going Chloe Malloy. I think that's the kind of area you need to be looking in and you need to be bringing in two of those players as opposed to just going all the way up to the top. I agree. That's pretty much exactly what I'm doing this week. Yeah, there's very limited time left in the season. I think it's yeah, it's a good time to just prioritise those points on field, uh, especially with your rookie trades. We know we haven't got the greatest options, so you don't want to shuffle and then end up with players that you can't field anyway. So I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page there. Will, I might throw this next one to you. Uh, Bailey has asked, uh, he's cashed up. I think he had something like 40K in the bank, but he wants to know where to go. He can either do Tamara Smith up to Kiara Bowers, or he can take uh, one of his rookie price rucks up to Brianne Moody. Which uh, which option would you go? 
I think if you could put Tam Smith as your ruck, I think that'd be fantastic, actually, if you could use the utility loophole that way. So trade out McCormick and Levicki to non-players, get some money there, and then you can probably use the extra money to upgrade somewhere else to get possibly up to Bowers if you've got the money uh, through another one of your, your rookies. Maybe if you've still got someone like a Zagetti sitting in your utility, you can swap her with Tam Smith and find another upgrade elsewhere. I don't mind paying up for Moody, but I think that your midfield's where you want the upgrade to be. I do like the idea of getting rid of your worst rookie. If you're stuck with a, I don't know, a, a Barber or a Doonan or a, I don't know, uh, Bridie Kennedy, and you can get them up to a very, very solid player, that's always a very handy look. Yeah. And that's why I think if you can get rid of both of those rucks to move one of them straight up to a premium, fantastic move. Mel, I might throw this one to you here from Callum. Uh, who is the best target? We've got a few across different lines here. You've got Abby Mackay, uh, Kiara Bowers, and Chelsea Randall. Who would you prioritize an upgrade to out of those three? That could be Talia Randall. It could be, but it isn't. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make an assumption. <laughs> it would be a bad question. <laughs> nice. So that's a random combination because, <laughs> I mean, Bowers is mid there. So if you're looking for that, and we've spoken a lot about to Bowers or not to Bowers there. I think Mackay is a really good upgrade option here and not just because she's Jono's gal, but like um, she's shown that she has that very high ceiling. She, although she's made quite a bit of money, she's, I don't know, potentially still got some more to go. Her break even is still negative. So she's going to be getting fantastic uh, cash gen options going forward. I think out of those guys, I'd be going Mackay. She is, I think, a little bit more expensive than Chelsea Randall. Nine grand more expensive. Yeah, not, so nine grand more expensive. But, I mean, he's put target. <laughs> so it implies an upgrade. So you're probably going to be using some extra cash you have. I think it's almost certainly Mackay. Um, on Spaces last week, Jono and I were having a discussion about this, as, as was a few other people, about the fact that I think the big issue with Chelsea Randall is that her role is incredibly changeable, which is why she can go from being a top three scoring defender this week and then the week prior struggle to make 40 points. And it's because if she's thrown on a tag, she's reliant upon the person she's tagging to get her towards the ball versus when she's a forward. Sometimes she's the dump kick mark taker when the defenders are trying to get it, you know, your opposition defenders are trying to get it out. Like, it's very inconsistent where you know exactly what Abby Mackay is going to do. You can guarantee she'll be a top three. That's why I'm, I'm hot on her as being the better choice. Yep, no, I agree with that. I think good points made there. Uh, our next question is from the Duke. Uh, he's asked a few questions. I think we've covered off who the must-have premiums and the good rookies left are, but... In my first season, what would be a good place to finish? Uh, I think it's a really interesting question because now we're at the halfway point. You're probably getting an idea of where your team is sitting. So, uh, Mel, you've put your hand up there. What do you What do you reckon? So this was my obviously last season was first season for everyone here playing AFLW because it didn't exist before that. But last season was my first season playing a fantasy game as well, and I was grappling with the same thing of like what What's a good enough score for my first time? I'd say top 100 is obviously amazing if you can end up there. But sitting somewhere, knowing there's about 3,000 people playing this game, if you can sit in, I guess, the top 10% there of, like, top 300, I think that's a, a fantastic position to end, and you should be very proud of yourself for that. Mm. But actually, I'm going to also add that it's a game, uh, and it's all about supporting the, the teams and the players, so where you finish uh, doesn't really define you. We've got a couple more questions here. One is from Wayne asking, uh, and I might throw this one to Will, uh, Hatchard, Parker, or Bowers? Hatchard, Hatchard, Hatchard. I think you can't go past her. Most consistent player in the competition. If you can afford her, get her in. Uh, if not, you can take the punt on Bowers. Parker's probably the safer option, though. Great, love it. Masker has asked Eastman to Priest, saving 36k. Or take McKenzie up to Ghana. That's a that's a great question. Uh, I think the 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 simplest way of understanding this is who is your M three. If your M three needs an upgrade next week, then it's Eastman to Priest, uh, particularly if you're outside the top one hundred. Otherwise, it's McKenzie to Ghana. All right, love it. I think that's uh, it's a great wrap there, guys. 
before we sign off for the pod, let's run through what our trades are going to be this week. Uh, we've only had the game open for about half an hour before we started recording, so I'm hoping people have had a chance to to run through their trades. But if not, take 30 seconds while I run through mine. Uh, my plans at the moment are to try and take Eastman across to Brazil, uh, to downgrade Keely Skepper as my utility, probably down to uh, one of the top two on our list of rookies, and then take Maria Maloney up as high as I can get her. I'm hoping I can take her up to Hatchard, uh, but that is that is the plan. So who would be your utility there? A rookie? Uh, no, I, I would whoever I traded in, I would make sure they're back on the bench and I'd keep Montana Ham as my utility. But that's that's the plan at the moment. I'm going to have a look to see who looks ready with their trades. And it looks like it's Will. He looks comfortable. So, Will, what are you doing this week? I am doing two downgrades. I am similarly trading out Keely Skepper. And I'm putting Christina Bernardi on my utility. Uh, I'm going to bring in Charlotte Taylor, I think. Too good an opportunity to miss out on a midfield playing defender rookie. And that gets me the money to move the Yorst all the way up to Hatchard. Love it. Love to see it. Mel, how are you doing with your trades this week? Kind of run through them already, but I'm going to go Eastman, pretty much across to Brazil, similarly to you. Mackenzie up to Malloy, and then another forward shuffle, which is Segetti down to Bernardi, which leaves me with 18 grand in the bank for next week, hoping to do a bit of a mid-upgrade, because this is really just defenders and forwards this week. Very nice. Love to see it. Liam, sign us off. What have you got this week? Uh, I am similarly planning to go Eastman to Brazil, Cambridge McCormick down to Fleur Davies, which means that I'll be running Keely Skepper as my utility ruck and then upgrading Emily Peace to, at the moment, Hayley Miller. Ooh, interesting. Woo-hoo. Yes, the Miller. Yeah, I like that play. Interesting one. All right, that'll do us this week. Uh, great pot, everyone. If you want to follow us on any of our socials, you can find us at FreeKickWPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Odds and Steven. I'm on Twitter at LMTom1. I'm on Twitter and Insta as HiMelD. And I'm on Twitter at LaninaEffectFKW. Liam, any, any warning this week? <laughs> Even better, yeah. We're going to have all of the Saturday teams by the time we actually get locked out for the first time since round one. It's going to be wild. No, very excited for it. Good luck for the second half of the season, everyone. See ya. Bye.